Hi, I'm recovering DIY musician Burn Bridges. Welcome to This Song Ruined My Life, where I sit down with friends old and new to discuss songs, bands, albums, and other musical phenomena that have taken over our singular or collective worlds. Content warnings for each episode are listed in the show notes. In today's extra special long episode, a long, long time friend joins me to meander through memory, nostalgia, and grief via the conduits of For Those I Love, Blink-182, and Henry Rollins. Alright, let's get into it. Hey, hey, welcome to the fourth episode of This Song Ruined My Life, where podcasting is the best way to force myself to talk with old friends. My guest today is a professional puppet enthusiast and a vice president of the American Wiffleball Association. It's Clay Shields. Hi, Clay. Hello. Would you prefer me? Yeah, would you prefer for me to call you Burn? I I think, um, yeah, actually, uh, earlier that would just be like a foghorn, probably. Um, so you, you can call me Burn <laughs> okay. here. All right. It, anytime you say, uh, there'll be a foghorn. All right. Right on. I should have asked you beforehand. My bad. Oh, it's okay. That's why we have the foghorn. <laughs> um, little editing. To be <laughs> fair. Me later. To be fair, the email that I sent the invite to included that name. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, for everyone who wants to know, my email is. Uh, Loves um, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> Clay, how's your evening going? It's okay. Um, Post-holiday stuff, my, or my nephew made me play uh, more video games than I've played in 10 years. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Decompressing from that. Uh Applying to grad school and crap, you know, always stressed. Yeah, how old is Neffy? He is going to be seven in May, or uh, early June, actually. That's good, video game age. <laughs> yep. He's just getting well, to the, like, he's going to surpass me in skill level very quickly. Yeah, we, we, uh, m- me and uh, another child, uh, <laughs> not not the same child, but a different child, uh, finished um, Luigi's Mansion this morning, so oh, been working you. on it for about a year. Ooh. So the 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 six year old um, the six year old video game pace. So, well, was it a big moment? Did it was you a big all moment. Light fireworks. Um, we didn't light fireworks, but we actually did. Uh, we have a book of like science experiments for elementary school kids um, that we like pull from, and we actually did. Uh, not related to that accomplishment in any way, but we did um, cut up tea bags and pour the tea out. I'm actually drinking green tea that right now that was poured out of the tea bags, um, so that we could put b- b- shape the tea bags in the cylinders and kind of demonstrate the effects of hot air by lighting them on fire, and they like kind of float, and they're just kind of like floating embers for a second. Oh, okay. But yeah. when you do an experiment like that with a small child you uh if if possible you do it like 30 times <laughs> and there's really no waste if you have tea bags because 
um, you just poured it tea out, you know, yeah. into like mugs, and you use it as, if you have a way to do loose leaf, then it doesn't matter. You just have kind of shitty loose leaf. Yeah, fair. Now. Did you, did you all go through like a whole box of twinings? <laughs> yeah, uh, we 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 went through like like twenty. Yeah, yeah. So like, all right, pro- probably a um, a fifth of a box. There's usually a hundred, I think, at least in the. In the, in the, the all these boxes, the all these boxes I have. Time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, you've changed. Yeah. <laughs> all these baby <laughs> um yeah i did i yeah i uh i think i'm just a tea person from here on out too because i i tried to get back on the coffee because like current job kind of felt like it was calling for it but i m- me the surgery talk and me not having a gallbladder anymore uh i i I did pretty well for a while, and I mean, I wasn't eating that much fat already, so like, it felt fine. I just started drinking coffee again, and but um, but a a couple months in, my body was just like, no, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that anymore. So I'm tr- I'm trying to make my uh, I'm trying to build my life around tea now. I did not know that <clears throat> having your gallbladder out would have that sort of effect, as you know. I got my appendix out recently, and yeah, very excited about that. It only took like six months, Um, but I hit like peak caffeine addiction during my first master's. I was drinking like eight to ten cups a day, Mm -hmm. and then I slowly weaned myself off after I was done with that, and now I can't really go back to it. I mean, also, anxiety. It just makes me even more anxious so it's not worth it yeah look at I us mean, wh- quitting coffee in our 30s wh- when i well when i had the surgery i obviously had the quick coffee for like like i had to quit everything for a couple of days to have the surgery um and so it really forced me to develop a good habit of not and then i mm. slowly started drinking tea but it's just the kind of like wh- it when working particular hours or feeling like you know, I it, with with having a kid, I haven't I haven't gotten enough sleep in a very long time. Uh, <laughs> I am sure, yeah. <laughs> so, so or like like you know, just I mean, and the science on on that is all broad. You know, I I often get six hours. So some people would say that's enough, and and it works. But I haven't gotten like an abundance of sleep in a long time. So there there it can feel easy to sort of fall back on caffeine, but. I'm hoping green tea works, but, but yeah, so it's, that's like, I felt great. I felt the great I've ever, greatest I've ever I felt, greatest I've ever felt. That's like <laughs> hyperbole, but I felt pretty good. Right. Um, but yeah, coffee just calls you. So I feel like, yeah, the body, the body just saying, no, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting 10 years of not drinking alcohol, uh, and not too long from now. So, so it makes sense that my body just doesn't want anything <laughs> with any sort of strong chemical um, insistence, you know, <laughs> anything that strongly insists that you have it soon. Mm. Um, but yeah, so maybe it's, maybe it's my last um, caffeine withdrawal, but, um, but we will, we will, we will see. And yeah, you know, and, and congratulations on your surgery. Thank you. Well. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's funny you mentioned tea, 
uh, I have been drinking tea, and um, this tea once belonged to our mutual beloved friend, Dan. Uh, mm. when it's Dan's tea. Yeah, it's Dan's tea. And, you know, I'm sure <laughs> real tea enthusiasts would scoff at me drinking it because it's surely stale or something. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, after, after we lost Dan, his parents got a hold of his, some of his closer friends in Lexington and asked for help in cleaning out his apartment. So, um, I had recently got my first solo apartment and I basically cleared out Dan's pantry <laughs> and I have like six loose leaf, te- loose leaf teas that I don't know. I'm kind of saving them, you know, like I, I drink them whenever I think of Dan or whatever. Yeah. Got, and for got the, some for... long there, all kinds of stuff. Some Roy Bose. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had thoughts on that. And then also, I just wanted to say, for people who are saying, who's Dan? Um, we'll keep Dan's, we'll keep it as just Dan's first name, I think. Uh, makes sense to me, mm-hmm. if it makes sense to you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but um, Dan was uh, is is our friend, is deceased, mm-hmm. is, um, is, was my double fifth cousin, maybe? He claimed he claimed he was my double fifth cousin. I'm still not sure that really means anything, um, but it was really important to him, and that was kind of part of the, both the love for and also the paradox of 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 this human. Um, yes. Who who uh, who who, uh, um, who was a Dan, and um, that he was, and and I think we'll talk more about Dan as probably as the podcast goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but real quick before before we segue, I I wanted it, it's still it you know it's kind of the same topic but it, to segue just slightly to the left when I still haven't gotten them but when my when my dad died who I was n- not really a fan of when he died but when he died um, I I he didn't really have much of anything um, but I definitely didn't get anything. But his uh, second ex-wife called me and talked. Talked. We were kind of like grief buddies, processing it for a little bit, um, which was kind of nice because I didn't really, really have anyone in my family who could really d- dive into the complexity with me of grieving someone who we didn't like very much anymore. Yeah. Um, but so that was helpful. But one thing, and she had a lot going on, so it's no, it's no skin off my back, whatever that phrase means. But it's no problem to me that this didn't happen. Uh, but he, he, he apparently had passed um, when uh, during the pandemic when they started like delivering vodka. That just sort of like <laughs> when they started de- when they started delivering vodka in the state where. Uh, that uh this uh this father man of mine lived um he he just died <laughs> i don't know that's i don't know what else to say uh it was very soon after um just just too much vodka and and that will do it um but among among the so it was it was not a it was not like he knew it was coming 
I mean, his lifestyle kind of like the odds were up there, but he, it wasn't like he was sick and he knew he was dying. Mm. So the stuff that he had in there was just like the stuff he had. Um, and among them was apparently just like cases of Swisher sweets. Just like cases of what, Swisher sweets. So I don't know were because I never tips? got them. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. But they were just cases. She said, "Just cases of." She said, "Cases of cigars," and I was like, "What do you mean by cigars?" <laughs> um, and and she was like, oh, "I think like Swisher sweets." So she didn't really know about cigars, and and I'm kind of I'm at this point very much an ex tobacco smoker as well, because um, because yeah, the body over time just makes you quit everything, uh, which is good. Good job, body. But. Um, <laughs> But before I moved to where I live now, uh, the the uh, years ago, I still smoked like a cigar a month is like my last connection to 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 uh, usually not Swisher Sweet, but <laughs> as my last connection to tobacco and that. Um, but that's no longer true because the taxes uh, where I live now are just enough to. That's mm. not worth it. That price, yeah. the price point is just. Nah, no, thank you. Um, and, and also, it just you feel a lot better, even even with monthly, you feel a lot better. But anyways, um, I was I was waiting for a while to get get my. Uh, I don't know what I was gonna do with them. I was trying to think creative things to do with it. So maybe just gonna like burn them all in the bonfire. It's <laughs> like a hundred <laughs> packs of Swisher sweets or whatever. But yeah, apparently you can get like cases of Swisher sweets. Um, and I, and it was one of my dad's uh, primary possessions when he died. Huh. I mean, do do whatever makes the most sense for you all. But um, you said burning them. I uh, my father also passed away uh, at the beginning of this year, as you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why, because we, my siblings and my mother and I were not being particularly sentimental. Uh, I mean, there were things that we kept, obviously, but there were, because he lived in that house for, I don't know, like, 25 years or some crazy shit. Um, But uh, I don't know why, but one of the things I grabbed when I was there, one of the weekends when we were cleaning it up, cleaning all that stuff up, was like 10 packs of really cheap incense. And... I've one of the ways I've decided to mourn him is like every time that I'm like I not every fire because I love to sit sit around a fire and I'm not just going to be at a bonfire like anyway here's in remembrance of my dead father who I kind of hated um but I have burned one of my friends as a death doula and she had an event for Dia de los Muertos and uh we burnt all the messages that people sent. And after we were done burning Great. those, we bent, we burnt one of the packets of, uh, incense. My dad's favorite yeah. scent, sandalwood. <laughs> so original. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I, and I, I probably have like four more packets of sandalwood. There's like a lavender in there Yeah, and it's all cheap crap that you can buy at, the, at a gas station. But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I support I support the Swisher Sweets bonfire. 
just just making a bonfire, just just only just. using Swisher Sweets as the as the wood. And you have um, to start it with a lit Swisher Sweet, and I'd be happy to make the road trip up there to be the person <laughs> who starts the that Swisher Sweet because you're not smoking all right. anymore. Well, we'll get we'll get the uh, we'll get the powers to be on the phone and make it happen. Hell yeah! Um, and and we do we do something very similar to that for um around Samhain time. So mm. um, yeah, it's very good. burning. Burning is a good way to yeah that way to cleansing commune. fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, is the title of this episode "Dead Dads and Abdominal Surgery"? <laughs> is yes, yes, it is. And <laughs> um, and you could, if you wanted to, you could make it slightly cuter and call it "Dead Dads and Belly Button Surgery." <laughs> belly button surgery does sound like a twee band. Whose, pol- whose politics I align with, but I have a hard time processing their guitar tone in my brain. Mm. That sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's, I can see that. So- sounds like I want to love this band, Belly Button Surgery. Um. Anyways, what we are going to talk about today is not that. I guess we already talked about that, so that's a lie. We're going to talk about something else besides that. And uh, to kind of segue into that, um, I just have one question for you, Clay, and that is, who is for those I love? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. And (laughs) I... So, um, I and I sort of know. So it's this... um, Isn't he uh, Irish? Irish? Ding, correct. Yeah, One point. And it's um it's one dude, but I think he's maybe worked with people or whatever, but it's kind of one and I think their pronouns are he him. I'm fairly certain. I looked up Wikipedia, but that doesn't really mean much. Um but uh yeah, it's the solo project. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've only released one album. I yeah, uh, only only one album as as this project. Okay. And okay. and it's um David Balfi is the name. And and yeah, when when I know we have a shared history with with this listening to this project and 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 I believe I I sent it to you, right? Yes. That's, yeah, yeah I, that, that was how I mem- came across it. That's yeah. my memory, but you know, memory. Um, we're talking about memory here, and it's it's sometimes inconsistent. So, correct in this simil- case. We we have similar memories, at least, where our our disorientations are aligned. And I remember I, I found this project, and I just sort of have a a a, a obsessive habit steal from my um, old days quote-unquote doing music journalism you know writing for free about music and that obsession you know i severed that obsession but i kept a, a part of it and part of just like being a musician and loving music and listening to music so much that i still like obsessively every friday i go to a website called album of the year which is like a review aggregator did you say every friday every friday because okay. it's new music every friday is new music friday <laughs> it was. It used to be New Music Tuesday, but then they change it as an industry. And so most new music comes out on a Friday morning. 
or like yeah overnight like most like for streaming and stuff most stuff mm-hmm. is available to stream starting friday morning that's how most labels do it and consequently even some people who aren't on labels just sort of do that because that's when you know blogs scrape the internet and all that sort of stuff for new music sure and so our blog still thing i don't know um but that's when twitch x's the the facebook the meta i don't know um but uh that's when stuff happens stuff is released on friday so it's out in the year.com and they do a pretty good job of like like they'll always have that the new taylor swift album is out if you care but then they will also have like this this you know punk band from singapore like i'm not saying it's every all the music in the world but it's pretty it's pretty wide I, I don't know what algorithms they use, but they pull from a wide variety of sources. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, there's some hip hop, there's electronica, there's like noisy stuff, there's pop. So it's kind of like, I just kind of look through, you know, I look for titles. They kind of give an aggregate of like how many, kind of like a Rotten Tomatoes sort of thing. So that's kind of a feel, but just like with movies, it's like if it's 50, I'm still going to like look into it if it seems interesting, right? Um, so it, it's, kind of, yeah, so it's sort of like Rotten Tomatoes for new music, but it's a little less, it's not as intense and comedy and all that stuff. And, and I don't really, it doesn't, I guess other people probably use the website, but I've never, it, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it through anybody else in my life. Um, I just used to search new music, new music, uh, cause I need it. I need it. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> But anyways, so I found this website, and so it's been my habit for years to, to kind of check this website. And I used to check like three or four websites, and it was kind of the thing I did for like a hobby or pseudo potential other second career or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but instead I'm doing this. But <laughs> but but so that's that, that's a, that's a habit I have, and so I had no context for this musician, other than. Wow, that's a that's that's a weird um, uh, name for a project, and then when I looked it up, it said that it's like a former member of punk bands called The Blind and Mothers and Fathers, which I'd like never heard of. But it was like those are both Irish... excellent names for punk bands. Yeah, what just the hell? Irish, Irish punk musician and bands I've never heard of, and it was some sort of like said electronic, and I was like, I'm at least gonna try that out and then uh what i encountered which i'll let you dive into a little bit more about the album itself but what i encountered was sort of like singularly felt like it was singularly specifically available for me and that like it had been made to communicate with me Mm. in that moment um and and also it felt like you among other people were like shared with me in what it was communicating to me and particularly with a couple songs like needed like 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 i need i needed to proselytize on, on this album but like just only to like you and maybe like maybe other people but it's really only been you that's like been a consistent every now and then we talk about so again i also don't know anyone else who's ever heard of this album <laughs> it's i can't speak to the whole album i have listened to bits and pieces of it but i haven't like sat down and listened to it from beginning to end or anything um and it you and i have joked about 
the name of the project and the name of the album. And sometimes there are punk bands that have like an album named after them. And then there's also a song named after their name on that album. And like, there's all this, I don't know if it's even, um, self-referential. I don't know. I feel like that's giving too much credit. Um, depending on the band, but like it's, yeah, it, it, it did feel more so than most music as if something that like I needed to hear and you needed to hear. And as soon as you heard it, you understood it was something that we both needed. Um, and I, I may be wrong about this. Like, uh, we've already discussed how shitty memory is, but I may be wrong about this. I think you sent it to me around like, like the third anniversary of, of Dan's death or it doesn't matter. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was around when I was leaving where I was living and moving to where I live. And so, yeah, it was, it was definitely in, in, in the grief sphere in the, it's sometime between it was birthday or death day. It was mm-hmm. one of, you know, it it was one of the seasons in which Dan's photo, when, which my phone is just like, here's Dan. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you know, with modern grief, remember um, when this person was alive and you were happy, <laughs> <laughs> what fun you had when they were alive. <laughs> um yeah and i'm i'm really i mean one thing i i love about this artist is so yeah the 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 album is called for those i love the the artist is called for those i love while i'm looking on the band camp i am not seeing that album available to look at and instead i'm seeing one 47 minute album like one 47 minute track called into a world that doesn't understand it unless you're from it so i'm only finding one 47 minute song by them on the internet otherwise and and it's it's kind of this house project it's sort of like yeah it's like housey it it, it's sort of housey it's sort of music kind of sort of not in other ways um i'm gonna pull up um uh, music streamer uh, app uh, just to get the track list but um, and and not be completely wrong about what I'm saying about the track list but then there is um, a because because I, I would have set a song but because um, I think what you said is the song is I have a love that like you said it was a few songs that you fixated on mm-hmm. and and I think it was a specific song I I sent you but i couldn't remember which song i actually sent you and the phrase i have a love the first track is called i have a love yes but the album uses that refrain all over the place it's kind of like just a however many minutes what does it say it is um 46 minutes five seconds spoken word over like some sort of house kind of beat like they're good beats they're interesting but it's like kind of music, kind of not. It's not really. I wouldn't call it hip hop. Um, but it's like kind of dancey, textured, and re- really just like spoken word, not really rap. 
just like kind of kind I'm, I have I have heard David just talk because I haven't seen much of interviews or anything but it kind of just sounds like he's just talking over the stuff he made um, and and that he needed to like talk about all the stuff he went through around the passing of his best friend mm. who who was in I think it's a little unclear because again it's not like I know the history of these punk bands I never heard of before these Irish punk bands, but it seems like this guy was at least in the scene, was like part of this, this punk house musicians, punk life, um, and was a very good friend. It it seems like the friend took their own life. Um, it's unclear, at least from my memory, if the friend took their own life on purpose or not but there's kind of multiple ways to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 it was, um, you know, without, sp- you know, spilling anyone's tea too much. Um, it was just really, y- you know, many of us have had experiences similar to that. I think, especially if, if we're sort of, if we're queer, if we're, if we, if we're deviant in any way, if we're downtrodden and it's unclear to me if, this person identifies with that or not. Now, I don't know why... A, I know that the history is a little different with this in the UK, but I don't know why um, a punk musician who's not... who doesn't identify queerness at all makes, like, a house album. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the sort of... the, the this, uh, the, this as a... Um, and, uh, you know, this is a representation also kind of queered that love for me, whether or not that's true. But... It was also, it was also, um, uh, uh, I was able to comprehend this as like a queer, um, platonic love because I do, because there's it, because, because a lot of focus is is on like queers are defined by romantic love, by what our romantic love is. But I do think there is queer platonic love between like queer individuals as well who, who, like, who aren't interested in sex or really aren't interested in being domestic with each other, but, do love each other um, really strongly, which is how, like, I had that with Dan, and I had kind of a weird, again, the weird family, the weird sort of forced upon me, we're family, and this is what it means, Um, (laughs) or doesn't mean, or whatever, uh, beauty, Um, but, uh, but, but, which is just to say, the I have a love, when I was trying to think about, well, what should we talk about for this, I couldn't, I wanted to just be like this song, but I didn't know which song you even meant because there's so many that, there's the one that called I Have a Love, but one of my favorite tracks is called You Stayed Slash to Live, and that also ends with I Have a Love. Okay, so I want to talk about this refrain. We're, we're about out of time, so I'm going to have to send you another recording. All right, so as, as Clay referenced, we are, on, we are communicating through a time loop, um, and so uh, we're going to have to take a break and we will um, reconvene in a few years. Uh, but you're, you're going to hear it now, uh, yeah. but it'll be a few years later. Yeah. All right. And we're back. And over that break, I was checking my email, Clay. And I just want to let you know, I got an email that said um, Black Friday Pig Destroyer <laughs> deals. What? 
Is that a do you brand? Know the, do you, the metal band, oh. Pig Destroyer. <laughs> what? And I clicked it, and it was like co- concerts <laughs> they're playing, and it so that it didn't make any sense. Were they doing like, like the, the Black Friday <laughs> sale prices on concert tickets? Like, I imagine, I imagine they're doing anything to sell tickets these days. Yeah, fair. Um. Uh, but uh, yeah, they were having a Black Friday sale on your Pig Destroyer tickets, and just so you know, Pig Destroyer is um, is an extreme metal band. <laughs> the vocals kind of sound like that. Um, I have not had the pleasure. Is it? <laughs> if you would, I mean, is it like if Melt Banana went extreme metal? <sighs> It's it's more it's like a little more. <laughs> I don't want to say uh, uh, the word that comes to mind, and it's not a disc, but the word that comes to mind is like that, or the thought that comes to mind is that it's like less creative, and by that I may mean like less artsy. Like it's just it's this sort of like metal that's just like this is supposed to knock you over. Okay. Um. So it is like. It's fairly virtuosic, and it's very much like I haven't listened to it in a long time, but it's just kind of like brutal all the way through. Um, I don't remember my main, you know, talking about memory of music, my main memory of them is I had a friend who was a little bit younger than me who I would like um, pick up on the way to high, when I got a car for high school, like, like, you know, then you're picking up everyone. Yeah. On the way to, yeah. <laughs> on the way to high school cuz no one wants to take the bus and I would pick up this friend who was in my choir and we like we got along but that was like the when when we hung out was like when I picked them up. Um we weren't like um like he was on the football team and we were just in like di- we went to a very large high school we were in different friend groups, right? Mm-hmm. Um and you must stay in your cast at a large high school. Um and um but he he, he it, 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 in an odd move for a football player in Texas would have like just this burnt CD of Pig Destroyer. Be like, hey man, can we listen to this? And then we just like <laughs> listen to Pig Destroyer. Um, and I was I was into that anyone I knew wanted to listen to something insanely weird, even if it wasn't like my my particular weird insanity. Um, it was good. It it was good, and so that's my main relationship with Pig Destroyer. I don't know why I get emails about their Black Friday sales. Um, You're a true <laughs> fan, and they know that. <laughs> but anyways, um, but but um, a few years ago, before the break, um, we were we were discussing. We left on a cliffhanger, and we were discussing um, uh, <laughs> the song maybe called "I Have a Love," or maybe a song that says. I have a love somewhere in it by For Those I Love. And uh, do you want to pick up where, where we dropped off, Clay? Yeah, well, well, Burn, um, you know why it's a refrain that just runs through the whole album, right? Because it never fades. <laughs> it never fades. Yeah. And, like, I, there's, there's something about that, that album different tracks on it but especially this particular one that we're pretty sure is called for those i love or i have a love and i i don't know my theory is that it's is it the one with the burning couch yes 
Yeah. That's you stayed slash to live. No, wait, hold on. I Wait, you're talking about visuals from the music video. It's no, no, no. It, it, yeah, yeah. Like he's 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 talking about burning a couch, and it reminds them of. Like he's talking about how they lit a couch on. But I believe my my memory is that he's talking about how they lit a couch in like memory of this friend, and he's thinking about all the times it reminds him of, and he's thinking about how it reminds him of like being in ba- band practice, and they were messing around instead of playing music, and they thought it'd be funny to light a T-shirt on fire, but then they like caught the drum set on fire and almost burnt down their like their friend's shed. And then also thinking about watch it's sending each other this music video of something burning, but it's like, but the one that's about like the burning couch. I don't think it's the same one. I haven't watched the video. Okay. So let's all right. Let's go. Well, ahead. There, it's not. It's not. No, it, there's not a video. He's oh, talking okay, about a yeah. different video right. in the song. I, I have never. Now. If if there's a music video for this band, I have no interest. I have. I haven't seen it. Um, I don't have no. It just. It, it, I don't need to go find it now. Dude, that's um, the main way that I've been listening to them is through YouTube. Really? Yeah. Like I, I you know I don't mean to sound like a a dick towards like Bandcamp or I like I've deleted my Spotify. Oh no, for a lot no, of no reasons, do, but, do 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 uh, do it the way you need to do it. But um, there is a video for the one I'm thinking of, and I mean. I think one of the things that you're hitting you're hitting right on the head is like there are multiple refrains and and I whether that is a literal repetition of like a phrase or a sound or whatever um there is also this the the one I'm thinking of there's a particular moment and if you go to YouTube and search for those I love and then I have a love you should be able to find it and from about like the three minute and forty five second mark to the four fifteen mark, it's not like that different from the rest of the song, but like the music kind of dies away for a minute, and and it's something very similar to what you just described, and it's he's just describing this particular night and like this this memory that it could have been any other memory of a great night that you had with your friend, but like this, he is recounting. And this also goes back to the, the thing you were saying of like, is it music? Is it a spoken word album? Like what, like what is happening here? And I, I don't know if this is going to make sense. And I, it's definitely not going to sound as profound as I want it to be. But like, I think that's part of why I'm drawn to this project is, um, and you know, not to like give you too big a head or anything, but this project reminds me of too earnest to enjoy. And cause you, you include this kind of like melange of different like sounds and stuff. And some of it is recordings of Dan and yeah, and that happens a lot in this album. So like he's in this particular 30 seconds that I just mentioned, like, yeah, that it feels like he's directly addressing the friend, the beloved, whatever. Um, but there are also all these other moments where it feels very much like a musical collage. And, and I don't know about you, 
but the the recorded laughter of people who are mm. no longer with us mm-hmm. it it doesn't matter how long it's been that is always both haunting and comforting for me it, it, yeah it can be everything yeah like it's it's everything all at once and um but like that feels fitting for what this project set out to do right like it i don't think this person was trying to make like oh i'm going to make great music to honor my friend it's like no i'm going to create a capsule that does what i needed to do and yeah and like your album did that i think i i've shared some of my writing with you but not very much and and one of the projects i'm working on is a collection of stories that are all kind of tied to grief mm-hmm. and um when people have asked me like okay how do you sell this or you know whatever um like what why did you write this and i know this is so damn cliche but i'm writing it because i need it to exist yeah and and i i i certainly don't want to speak for the artist but i get that general kind of vibe from this like this is yeah a love that needed a container um because otherwise it's just going to like drift away like you know essence in the wind and and this person didn't want that to happen and i feel very much the same way about my own work i don't mean to aggrandize it or anything but like i i think that's part of the vibe of this project is it's not just writing a great song or whatever it's it's capturing the feeling of being in the relationship. So, okay, here's another thing I should say. The the video for the song that I'm talking about that is or is not called I Have a Love, <laughs> um, it's, it's really fascinating. I encourage you to look it up afterwards. But um, and there are a lot of different things, but, like, at one point, it's all in black and white, and at one point it transitions to, and it's not the rest of the video, but for, I don't know, like a minute and a half as the like pseudo music, um, like spoken word stuff is going on. You're also hearing the audio of these clips and they're typically very short. They're like five to 10 seconds long. And it's just kind of this like video montage of moments that they had and one of the things that struck me about it is it's not chronologically structured or anything like that. You just, you get these different videos and it like smash cuts to the next one, smash cuts to the next one. Each one has like a little date at the bottom and it's not specific. It'll say like 2012 or whatever. And yeah. And it doesn't go chronologically through them. And I don't know, there was something about myself as an artist that made me wonder, like, why did they decide to put these clips in this order? And is it... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk out of my ass or whatever, but, like, I wonder almost if the person behind this project put them all out and then muted it but looked at the sound waves and decided to do it that way. Like, lay it out sure. in terms of, like, builds and stuff. Um, yeah. But... But like some of these some of these clips going back to the like recordings of of laughter, 
like, it's, man, it's just, it's, like you said, it's like all of these things all at once. And I, I am someone who I think has become very comfortable with media surrounding grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but even I, when I listen to parts of that song, when I'm hearing this beloved person laughing, like I end up thinking like, how difficult must that have been for this person? Cause I assume they mixed it themselves. Like, you know, sitting down with headphones in a studio and cutting things and like, yeah. you know, it just, there's something, I something that I felt weird about with my writing for a long time now, because I have essentially been forced to write about grief because I've lost so many people and stuff. Um, shout out opioid crisis. Thanks Sackler family. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I have always kind of been worried about my writing be, I use the word cannibalistic and that's maybe not the best term. I don't know, but like, I really don't know what the best term is. I'm trying to find it. So please people let me know if you have a better term, but like I've, I've felt like a scavenger that, and it's not like, Oh great. More material. It's just like, well, this is the only thing I can think about right now. So I guess that's what I'm going to try and make art about. Yeah. It's. A, I mean, I have a lot. Oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, say it's tough. You go ahead. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of things you said. Um, and uh, yeah, great stuff. Thanks for, thanks for sharing your heart here. Um, yeah. On, on the scavenger bit, I think scavenger would be the word I'd say. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, I don't know. Like that's a thing. Like it, it weirdly makes me think of like this on not, not, you know, I'm not just saying this so I can put this tag <laughs> on this podcast, but the Andre 3000 album, the flute album yeah. that like everyone has a very strong opinion about. Yeah. But like I, I find it to be like a, a very, very solid ambient texture album for someone who'd never released one before. Um, obviously someone who knew about like sonic palettes and stuff and had a lot of like, w- w- you know, had done a lot of work on that, but I found the beat like, like I'm not, I'm not going to listen to it every day over and over and again, over and over again. And I don't know if I just do that cause that one's good. I think the qualities that make me do that are kind of obsolete and strange that, um, I mean, the one we're talking about today was now when I listened to like probably 42 times in a row, at least once. And, um, I don't know if that makes an album good or not, but it definitely makes it something. But but with the Andre 3000 album, there's there's like something to be said about how that individual who was really, really prolific with music for a while, kind of at the height of doing it, just couldn't anymore, just couldn't make art because mm. the type yeah. of art didn't feel natural and then is now releasing art that feels very authentic that has nothing really very like you can you can feel like similar vibes but by by no means just because one likes one would one have any interest in the other um uh so i you know because one is sort of like kind of a flute album to call the flute album is a little misleading it's someone playing but that's what the internet calls it 
on on an ambient. <laughs> it's an ambient album. Yeah. It's more like a Brian Brian Eno record for me. Yeah. Than anything yeah. else, it's not like a jazz flute album. Those exist. That's a thing. Um, there are people who work for like forty years to be really good at jazz flute. So I don't think it's a jazz flute album. I think it's a beautiful kind of artistic, no, almost like noise flute. I don't know, ambient noise flute kind of stuff. It's really cool, but it and it's nothing like Outcast. Um, yeah. Although you could imagine something like that being sampled by Outcast. So mm. he's creating music that he would love, which is great. But it's just like the whole sort of debate about is it good, is it not? Like it's just it's just what he needed to make. And so I feel very similarly about music that it's just what I, when I make it, it's just what I need to make. I'm making it for me. I'm making it because it's something I want to listen to. I've started bands because I had an itch I needed to scratch. And I either, I couldn't, I just stopped being able to find enough new music that sounded that way. So, oh, we need to, we need to make this music because I want to listen to it. Um, you know, like today I went to my friend's, <laughs> My my friend has a, a little-known SoundCloud where he just uh, sometimes uploads... Uh, Martin Law, who's the first guest on this podcast, sometimes uploads um, to this uh, kind of random SoundCloud um, record uh, uh, covers, and every now and then I, I go listen to them because that's what I need because there's uh, uh, nothing specifically like Martin Law covering um, Toy Soldiers, <laughs> the 1989... Uh, Martika song, uh, Toy Soldiers. There's nothing quite like that in the whole world, and I need to listen to it. And so sometimes I create things either because I, 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 uh, sometimes just because I need something that sounds like this, or sometimes because like this friendship I have is very special um, with these people I'm making music with. And if if we don't record it, it, you know you know, maybe we'll die. That's always an option, but also maybe we'll just move on with our lives at some point and it won't be there anymore. And so we're capturing it. I'm capturing it. So I have it. Yeah. I'm capturing it. So, I mean, I've always had a problem with like, like I, I need someone to help me mix it and go through it. Even if I record everything and sort of make sure it's done because I will just, I've always been the type of person who I will record something, like I will record a like a shitty phone recording of something and be like, I'm going to put this up tomorrow because <laughs> I just need it to, you know, I need it to be out of my hands. I need it to be out of my hands. Um, and, and so I really relate to sort of that feeling, and I think that is what drew me in. And when you're talking about all the recordings, like, I'm re I'm thinking of I mean you you referenced you referenced specifically I think the, my song Bombshell off um, yeah yeah to Ernest to enjoy and yeah. that album is called that because I was sort of having a brief flirtation with thinking I was a real musician and that people wanted to publish my music uh, <laughs> I had a brief flirtation with that in like 2019 and I I had worked on these songs that were really, really, really important to me, and I thought they were sounding really, really good. So I was like shopping the demos out, um, and I also, and at the same time, uh, Martin, who was recording uh, that uh, album with me, and I had made it. Well, really, I had steered us, to, and he had let me make interesting decisions. Like it's going to be hard to record a drum set in here. I'm just going to play a tom and a snare on the album. 
uh, and there's going to be no symbols till the very end, and just things like that that were that are probably not um, what you know. I probably m I, I might have missed my mark in terms of um, shitty lo-fi recordings. You know, I should have. You know, if I was doing that in like 1991, maybe um, I, I uh, someone would have been interested in it. But at the time, um, I feel like indie labels understandably were looking for something that um that that was a little more accessible um and I'm, and and by that i mean that um i didn't leave much on there other than the songs there's not a lot of distraction from the lyrics um and i was told that the lyrics were too earnest <laughs> that, that oh well, I, well, I what 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 i was told was that um and under, you know, it's it 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 was what was right for these individuals. But I was told by a specific individual that the that the that um, the the music was lovely and earnest, and it's not going to work for us. Um, and so and and that's sort of. And then I was like, oh yeah, that just that just describes me, and that really that really I think especially in that, you know, I go through cycles of songwriting, but that songwriting is a lot of. Um, every song was me kind of processing something and, and two or three of them are specifically just Dan and Dan's a lot in there as well. Uh, and writing music. I mean, the song bell mm. on that same album, I literally did a grief ritual and I like you were describing actually um, where I wrote a, I wrote a note to Dan and in entirety as it is, on that record with maybe, you know, maybe as I memorized it, I changed a word or two, like to, to from, or what, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. when you memorize poetry or whatever, but like the bulk of it is just memorized the same as I wrote it out kind of in my head on a piece of paper. And then I went to burn that piece of paper and I burned it later. Um, since that's had been the intent for it, but I was like, no, I'm putting this in my pocket, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I think this. Is, I think I want this to be a song. I feel. I feel like I just wrote a song, um, and that I need to not burn it yet until I know it, um, or take a picture of it or whatever. And so, um, do you still have it memorized? Yeah. Yeah. I have that song memorized. Uh, probably for that's one of the songs I can play. Most, I mean, it, 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 every now and then, if I haven't played it in a while, I might kind of stumble through it a little bit and and get things backwards. But like, it's it's in the memory bank for sure. Uh, and another, the other one that's in the memory bank is, is Bombshell or another one. There's a lot, but the other one about Dan, it's really in the memory bank. It was the one you referred to, which was Bombshell. And uh, sorry, I went on a little bit of a tirade about. Um, uh, two words to enjoy and available on Bandcamp. Um, it's really great. <laughs> yeah, it ends with um, <laughs> with uh, 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 Dan, who is a victim of the opioid crisis, talking about the opioid crisis, and it's from an interview that that Dan did, um, and uh that was i i really needed dan to be on the album and that was a way i figured out for dan to be on the album and martin was supportive of that and did a really good job engineering that uh, out of just the hey here's the audio i want on there 
Uh, so thank you, Martin, for doing that. Um, Martin, you're but, the best. Martin, you're the best. Um, and but I, uh, <laughs> for a while, just recorded playing very loud for some reason. Just playing as I, I wanted to play by myself, but s- still lose my hearing. And so I played very <laughs> loudly through a few amps and a few pedals. And I really think it was just a. I re I I felt too vulnerable. P- p- Playing like an acoustic, it was just something I do more now, which the uh-huh. pandemic sort of forced me into because I play outdoors more and, and being more portable and all that. But just playing with an acoustic is very vulnerable. Um, and I didn't want to just – I wanted to still play loud shows, even though I was going to not be on tour as a band or not be not going on weekend sticks with the band. And I was already I was already doing that setup when, when – uh, when Dan passed, because I had a show yeah. in Lexington right before Dan passed. Yeah. Um, but so that my memory tells me that it wasn't like it was before that I was doing this setup, but but he got incorporated into the setup, and I had this little red. Um, it's it's meant to be a drum pad that you can like use to use drum sounds and stuff, but you can put any sort of sound clip in there, and so I had a bunch of. I, on, on on these shows, instead of stage banner, I would have things that I would like stomp on that I would I would like hit with my foot the 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 snare pad and it would start the recording in like a tune or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to pay attention to anybody. I could just make sure that the pedals were right and that sort of thing. And so I I I I but I also used it for for bombshell. I would play that clip. I think you saw me do it once or twice, but I would I would yeah. play um I would I would in the moment where that is in the recording roughly, I would I would play it and let that sort of play out with just noise, guitar noise. And I ended every show. I started every show I did with Bell and and ended every show I did with Bombshell for at least a year. And so I ended every single show I played for a long time with after dan died with with hearing his voice just his voice and it was like when i when i again right before the pandemic when i was like maybe this is what i'm doing maybe i'm you know i'll go out for 10 days or whatever and kind of figure out if do i just tour by myself now is that what i do is that who i am now i was trying to figure that out and i was trying to do that and like i didn't feel like i was alone because I, yeah, I both I both didn't feel like I was alone because I had that recording of Dan every night, but at the same time, it was like, it was like a monkey on my back. It was like I felt like I, I felt like I had to. I felt like I had to. Um, yeah. I felt like I had to, and and part of why I felt like I had to, was because. Um, I mean, you know, you you still lived in town with Dan when he passed. I hadn't lived in the same town for years. Roughly, you know, you, I know there's a few towns that were probably involved. But, like, I, I hadn't been close for a while. And, you know, as referenced on the album, <laughs> Tourist <laughs> to Enjoy, um, Dan would um, come to any show I played, no matter how weird the band was, and and 
he absolutely was not interested in any of the genres of music I typically play outside of me absolutely and my not. understanding. Yeah. Absolutely not. But just loved me. Um, uh, and, but then at the same time for, you know, just our, the, the, t- the timing of our journeys and being sober or being not sober were never like quite matched up. And so, um, I was just sort of starting to open up to Dan more in the couple of years before he passed because I needed to not for a while. And I don't regret it because it, it was the right thing for me. Yeah, it was the right, absolutely. It was, it's what I needed, but I regret it because of time. Yeah. Um, and it's probably not the, the way I would approach a choice like that now that I'm in my 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever I'm in because um, this is a mystery podcast. But... <laughs> but um, but I was sort of like developing my tolerance for this individual's love again, which was a very beautiful, obtrusive love. Um, yeah. And well and, put. And uh, 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 around, I think the night, maybe, I think the night that Dan passed, I was in town just for one night playing a show. I either drove back the same night or I passed out and left at like six in the morning to go back to work. I don't Um, remember you. So like I, we've already established memory is bullshit. Yeah. Um, I know it was like the same, it was the same week or something. Yeah. It was very, it it, it was, was. the details don't really matter. Yeah. And I don't want to like, I don't want to true crime it on here. And I no, want to be respectful no, to not. to people who share the loss and not like, oh, I I don't own the narrative of this loss, right? Yeah. But but for me, like, my memory was that that. You know, I I got the call from you, and within forty eight or seventy two hours, I had been in town just ignoring this person's phone calls. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and hadn't called it back yet. Um, I don't, wait, it, I don't mean to interrupt you, but to be fair, and I think this helps characterize Dan and his sort of love. <laughs> like Dan is going to invite you to events that you don't even want to attend. And, even as adults, like, God, how do I put this? Like, Dan just wanted the people that he loved to be there, regardless of whether they wanted to be there or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Dan could have been inviting you to something that, like, and also, like, you know, we all love Dan, we miss Dan, etc. But, like, you... You didn't know he was going to die, and you have a lot of friends in this town. Um, yeah. So, and also, I wasn't I wasn't there for that. Like, I was I was only seeing the people who were, yeah, were at this show. Yeah, and and I kind of just wanted to. I I I'm um, I'm I'm usually fairly low key, especially sans drinking, um, uh. Uh, or 
Yes. It is. Whichever. It is yeah. Comic Sans. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, but um. Yeah. So when I'm no longer drinking, I'm I'm usually fairly chill in the social situation, and this individual was maybe not usually even even like post. Um, you know that 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 wasn't a substance-related quality for this individual. That was just that was it, baked the, the, in. They, they they were a super social yeah individual, and um, I just you know needed the more low-key night. Really, was it wasn't it wasn't even really it was really just like um, like I don't if this if this person wants to find out where I am and come see me, that's great. But I don't need to just like call them back and be like, hey, come out to you know. This show with seven people at it, and <laughs> I mean, dude, I've even missed some of your shows in town, and I've yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I have, but I've been there for almost every one that I was in town, and I, I, I know I'm one of those friends that like it's. I, I'm not trying to give myself a pat on the back here because I'm a shitty friend in a lot of different ways, but if you're an artist and I care about the work you're doing. I'm going to do my best to show up. And so, like, I don't know. Why do you keep coming to Lexington? Like, what's that about? You think we haven't heard enough of your stuff, buddy? (laughs) Yeah. But back then, yeah. Back then, I I mean, back then, it was just my favorite place to come back to. and um, Well, we loved having uh, you. Yeah. And now I'm I'm, uh, in a different dimension, so... I'm never going anywhere ever again. Speaking of but, different uh, dimensions, we have two minutes left on this recording, but I think I'm just all right. We're gonna call this good for a good stopping point. I'm gonna go pee we're, again, and then we're gonna do a stopping point. Uh, Clay's gonna pee, and yeah. then I think I think we'll wrap it up on on this topic. We'll do. Um, I think we have a a little bit more misting to do about another topic or two, real quick. Then we're gonna jump into a game. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this episode of This Song Ruined My Life. While music has the power to change worlds, this is ultimately a trite podcast about trite things. As such, I'd like to take a moment each episode to encourage any listeners to tune their ears into some of the hard work folks are doing to make our world a little gentler. Nara Rapid Response needs to raise an initial $2 million US dollars to be able to prepare to meet the medical and mental health needs of children in Gaza. This money will go towards surgeries, medical supplies, post-operative care, and various mental health projects. You can learn more about the fund, the projects, the organization at https colon backslash backslash inara.org slash gaza slash or just inara.org slash gaza. Welcome back, and Clay, I think, uh, you know, I was thinking in my void while we were gone, and um, I think that it makes sense to play our game, and then we'll have, like, we can have as much outro conversation as we want, because who cares, Um, but I think that um, our game might segue us into some other topics, Um, so we feel free to meander um as we as we play this game conversationally but the name of this game are you ready to play a game clay oh yeah yeah all right name of this game is 
we could all use a little change. Um, and it's where <laughs> I will read um, change.org petitions related to music, um, most of which do not have uh, very many supporters. <laughs> what? I, I am, I'm digging through the dregs of change.org to... Um, and this is totally a ripoff of um, How Did We Get Weird? There's a game called Change.Dork. Uh, that's not music related, but is a similar change.org game. Um, I'm just going to read um, some some of these uh, to you uh, and tell you about them. I want your thoughts on them. And at the end, I'd like to know which which one, if you have to choose one to sign and to tell all your followers to sign, all your many followers um, and, and cultists, uh, which one you would prefer to 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 um endorse so uh, so you're basically telling me i get veto power of what kind of lib organization is going to get this cash that they desperately need and i get to dangle it like a carrot is that what you're saying yeah well the problem is that these people are not using change.org these are definitely not good petitions oh okay all right i don't i don't really believe in good and bad but i feel like it's pretty You'll find out. We'll find out together. You were a philosophy first... major. <laughs> Isn't that That's like their... all you did? <laughs> yeah, but then at the end, they're like, it was all a lie. <laughs> yeah. The cake is a lie. And they send you out into the world. And then you're just a husk of a person for the rest of your life. That's really what Does a philosophy Does anything major mean is. anything? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so right. then everything is beautiful, but nothing is beautiful. Yeah. And, and nothing lasts forever. Therefore, uh, nothing is forever. Everything um, is beautiful and everything And forever hurts. is nothing. Um, and uh, that's the show, folks. That's the game. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so the, the first petition um, ha- it d- did get a whopping 425 signatures, so it actually did co- get quite a few okay. um, for what, what it's worth. Um, <laughs> it's from uh, July 2021. It's called Stop Putting Dave Grohl in Rock Documentaries. Um, and 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 the body reads dave grohl is in every modern rock documentary and needs to stop this guy is a wolf cookie and annoying as fuck um i tried to figure out what a wolf cookie is i think i found the internet term werewolf cookie um which seemed to be the closest um thing uh so i'm i hope wolf cookie isn't a isn't anything offensive um it says werewolf cookie is a cookie of average height and slightly white bill with mid mid dark yellow tone dough he has warm gray <laughs> hair peppered with black specks i don't know what's a cookie I don't, then i don't know I, I found i found cookie run kingdom um there's werewolf cookie so i really don't know what a wolf cookie is so um which is which is not the point i'm just saying if you know what a wolf cookie is um, I've said it many times on this podcast, and I'm sorry if it um, means something I don't know what it will, means. Please, will you allow me to me. Um, to God? What's the word? Um, speculate wildly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I think a wolf cookie is basically what what alphas call betas, and um, 
so like there are the wolves who are the alphas and then there are the cookies who are like not only are they not prey they're just like a sweet little treat that the alphas treat themselves to okay so they're basically calling calling him like not a man I'm I'm sure this person who got 425 signatures that that's the relationship <laughs> that he has to Dave Grohl, who um, uh, is king of the world from playing drums pretty okay yeah. uh, in the 90s. So um, I'm sure that that is um, uh, I I'm sure that is what this petition maker. I'm sure that this petition maker is the alpha in the situation. Obviously. Anyways, any thoughts on? That's enough of that. Uh, wolf cooking nonsense. Any thoughts on um, <laughs> stop putting Dave Roll in rock documentaries? Like, agree, disagree? Want to think about it some more? I mean, I do think they have a fair point. Um, I would have, if I was a very different person and was kind of an internet troll, per- like, if there were first class internet trolls in the, like, early 2000s i would have been like someone needs to take away henry rollins from all of these like i love the 80s or whatever and like i i don't even have a whole lot tied up in henry rollins but i will say black flag is one of the punk bands that i still think is really great even though there are all these iterations and blah 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 but like i have had the thought of like come on man henry you're better than this and it's not even like i respect him because i don't (laughs) if i'm being honest but so i think i'm allowing my own views on henry rollins to color my response but i am going to say (laughs) but but this petition's about dave (laughs) that doesn't matter this is (laughs) you know what (laughs) not enough people decide (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which kickstarters and such are based solely on emotional response that's unrelated sure. yeah um so uh, but so so you so so you support you, you uh, so far you support this petition because of your feelings about henry rollins henry rollins in i love the 80s type <laughs> early 2000s you know that stuff okay yeah we'll keep rolling there's right. a few they get through keep rollins um, the, Keep, we'll keep Rollins. Um, please. Uh, ch- uh, <laughs> Sorry, I need a hard reset. This um, <laughs> this petition is called "Please Change Your Awful Hold Music." Um, it had 37 supporters. Unfortunately, it's closed now, probably because it was successful. Um, and uh, the petition reads: "Da da 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 da." In, in in air quotes, which I think is supposed or not in air quotes, in, in real quotes, which I'm representing as air quotes um, right okay. now. Um, I think that's supposed to be the music. Yeah. Um, anyone, it says anyone who's used freeconferencecall.com since 1990, I've not fact-checked that date, has experienced the trauma of getting this line of musical genius, sarcasm, stuck in their head for minutes, <laughs> if not for hours on end. It's stuck in my head now, and my last conference call was two hours ago. Freeconferencecall.com, it is time for the love of all things holy. Change the whole music. And this is from 2013. What are your thoughts on it? Please change your awful hold music 
preconferencecall.com. Okay, all right. So um, I have multiple questions, one of which you answered. So this was posted 2013. Um, does, what is it? Businessconference.com? What, what was it called? Um, <laughs> call conference? Freeconferencecall.com. Free <laughs> okay. Never heard of it, gotta be honest. Did it still exist when this petition was made? I imagine, because it's 2013, uh, it's kind of like peak. Yeah. Peak, like that kind of technology. And this is pre. This is definitely like pre, Zoom. This is like, Skype isn't very good. And and burn. Let me ask you: Did you do your dil- due diligence and uh, find this hold music? Um, well, there there is um, there is a YouTube clip of it. You want to give it a listen? Yeah, so um, and it, 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 so it goes like da 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 da. That is an earworm. Da da da. da. I mean, it just hold music. An earworm. Yeah. I, I said what I said. So so um. Do you support? Do you have, What are your feelings? Your first your your first read. I'm almost certain that this website does not exist unless it became <laughs> Zoom. So. I'm not going to finance any sort of fundraiser that is just going to go to They're the They're not kitchen. asking for money. <laughs> oh, just want your okay. signature. Just want support. No. I'm going to say no. Okay. So, yeah, we'll and we'll make our final decisions at the end. Okay. okay. Moving on. Next is, uh, we have two more. Next one is, convince the mighty, mighty boss tones and every time I die to play one last show together. <laughs> <laughs> 134 signatures January 2022 so not too far ago um uh th- this is a really long this is really long the really long um, about a really long about um so i'm going to read some excerpts excerpts from it um the person says that they're a comedian um so they have a little bit of a following uh they have 134 signatures, so not that much of a following. Um, I couldn't do it, but I'm just saying. Um, recently, they tweeted about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Every Time I Die, and both bands announced their breakup hours, their breakups hours later. What are the odds? Truth is, it upsets me. I know I'm not responsible for them breaking up as far as I know. However, if it were <laughs> my choice, I would use my powerful Twitter presence to get both bands to play a show, of course, with What's Your Problem, Brian, opening. But I can't do it alone. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were a ska core band from Boston, Massachusetts, who had a string of really cool albums in the early 90s. They gained mainstream interest. It uh, says who they are. Every Time I Die was a really cool metalcore hardcore band from Buffalo, New York. Sick guitar riffs, absolutely killer live, and I've never met them, but they seem like really cool dudes. And talks more about them. What's Your Problem, Brian? We're a ska punk band originally from the Bronx, New York. Disbanding in t- 2003, they had a string of reunion shows in the late 2000s and early 2010s. Um, they were stupid fun live, and Taste Your Own Medicine is an absolute gem of a record. Is for these reasons and more, I am collecting signatures to get the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones every time I die and What's Your Problem, Brian, to get back together for one more killer show. I will fly from Los Angeles to attend this show, uh, maybe do a half hour while What's Your Problem, Brian sets up. I have a bit about deviled eggs 
which you can watch here, and there's a link, and another about my friend offering to pay me in soup to help him move in with his girlfriend, both of which are eventually going to land me my first TV spot. I want to wrap this up by saying this is a cause that means something to me. I want to see fans of the Mighty Mighty Bop Tones. Every time I die, and what's your problem, Brian? Get together for an incredible night celebrating three incredible legacies. Think about it. It'll be like Warped Tour, but inside. Please wear a mask. If this is something you're into, let's start with 100 signatures. Please share this with everyone you know to make this happen. That's going to be a no for me, dog. It's <laughs> <laughs> like for so the main request or whatever is I want to petition that every time I die and the mighty, my Boston's play one last show together. Is that that's just, that's what it says that convinced them to play one last show together. It's unclear if they ever played any shows together. Um, it's <laughs> unclear if they know each other. Um, they're, they're slightly different. I believe I believe Mighty Mighty Boss Tones had more of a heyday in the 90s, and Every Time I Die had more of a heyday in the 2000s. So I would not think that they were, like, coming up around the same time, and they're also mm. distinctly different fan bases, generally speaking. I'm not, there are probably plenty of people who listen to both Ska and, like, Metalcore, but, like, in terms of, like, diehard fans... Um, it's not, yeah. it's not like they yeah. were touring together and this makes very much to me that it, to me, it seems like there's this one ska band I've never heard of that this guy wants to see play another show. And he's trying to piggyback that onto this and also tell a joke about deviled eggs. Okay. So... <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so, I I wanted to know the specifics and all, but really, and you have to, I know I'm not giving anyone money, but, like, I've already started thinking of myself as one of the sharks on Shark <laughs> yeah, Tank. Yeah, well, you, that's what this is. <laughs> but, yeah. That's I, what well, this that's show what is. is. to me, whether you want it to be or not. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad, <laughs> glad we we workshop that. Um, I, it's a it's a no mm. for me because uh, <laughs> I can't take you seriously. Like your your business model, you had to you had to put the deviled eggs in there. Right, it's and, a little sloppy of a like, petition. It just yeah, like it, and and you didn't even say like. Oh, these two bands complement each other. It was just like I like these two bands, and I like this one too. <laughs> yeah, I think and... I I skipped a couple <laughs> paragraphs early on, but I the main, you know, I got the thesis statement in there for sure, and it's not much of a thesis statement. Yeah. Um. You might you might pass the As... class, but you're not gonna. You're not getting honors. Well, as an as an adjunct professor, I would. I, well, I would expect exactly that. <laughs> okay, the, the third, the third. All right, eighty-nine supporters. Petition closed. Tw tw it is from twenty fifteen, so there's some context. 
so time, time travel, travel. Back to 2015. Remove okay. any remaining members of Blink-182 from Blink-182 is the petition. The, pet- Ooh, the petition is, is to Blink-182, Mark Hoppus, Travis Barker, and Thomas DeLonge. It reads, it's long, but I, th- I think it might be worth it. On the afternoon okay. of January 26, 2015, I looked outside my New England home to see something new and beautiful. No, I'm not talking about the first snowflakes of the then-impending historic blizzard that has since blanketed my county with its first significant snowfall of the season. I am instead talking about a world where Thomas Matthew Tom DeLong Jr. was potentially no longer a member of the seminal Poe pop-punk band Blink-182. <clears throat> this was monumental, unlike the previous personnel change, 1998's firing of drummer Scott Rayner, and indefinite hiatus the entire band realizing not even they could stand themselves in 2005 this was the first time only one of the two oft impersonated lead vocalists was no longer in the band the excitement that filled my body was not unlike what i imagined filled the bodies of the band's fan base when they found out their middle school was canceled tomorrow on account of snow which got me thinking about what could improve and or prolong this feeling and then it hit me with tom gone there would still be two more members of Blink-182 who are prepared to tour and sing songs that even their own children are too old to find amusement in, which is too, too many. And that is why I have begun this petition. With the advent of social media, artists and fans have been given powerful new tools to communicate with each other, allowing for a dialogue that was previously un- unavailable to the creator-consumer relationship. We as an internet-enabled people are given opportunities every single day to help shape the art that fills our world and today's opportunity concerns the future of a band that has long overstayed its welcome as an Hashtag only 90s kids style nostalgia act. Today, I ask you to urge Mark Allen Hoppus and Travis Landon Barker to also remove themselves from the plan Blink-182. While it is true that Blink-182's previous dissolution led to the formation of the arguably more nauseating Plus 44 and Angels and Airwaves, even the then and hopefully soon to be, former members of Blink-182 realized that neither of those bands could ever be big enough to fill the void that Blink-182 left in 2005, which is why they reformed Blink-182 in 2009. Thus, the potential of the reformation of such bands is a risk we as a people should be willing to take for the greater good. By signing this petition, you'll be helping send a message to the remaining members of Blink-182 that they have been here for too long and growing up means letting a breakup happen once again. Thank you, Preston. Okay, Preston. First of all, you have the perfect name for writing something like this. Um, It's not just that it's a name that is somewhat affiliated or associated or whatever with, like, nerdiness, but... I, I don't know, like, it feels like a a Blink-182, I don't know if Stan is the right word, because apparently this person hates Tom, <laughs> but... I, and everyone, uh, just, and Blink-182. Yeah, pretty much. Um, all right, so... They didn't, to me, lay out a good reason to cut Tom out. When I was expecting this whole time, they would be like, hey, Tom's that wackadoo guy and the aliens and stuff. And when people bring up that argument, you've heard that, right? I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So when people bring up that argument, I always direct them back to. Hey, mom, there's something in the back room. (laughs) Hope it's not that creature. You recent, you used to read me stories as if my dreams were boring. All right, now we're getting the copyright. I know, I know. But, <laughs> but like, 
like a track on Enema of the State is called Aliens Exist. Like just Yeah, it was not and it was not a joke. He's been telling us the whole time. So like yeah. if if you're if you're in 2015 or whatever it is and you're trying to like kick him out of the band, you were never a super fan to begin with, man. Like come on. Right. Tom is part I, of the weird What's what's the word when oh gestalt? It's like things are greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah. Like Blink Way Two is, and we have to transition into talking about um that track. What's that goddamn track? Um, the one first single. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah. more time. So we have to. I think that's what you were saying. Like we're going to naturally transition to that. We have to talk about that song, but like. No, I don't want Tom cut out of Blink-182. Sure. Like, I I want them to continue to exist because as far as I know, like, the worst things they've done is believe in aliens and then, like, petty celebrity bullshit. Yeah, I mean, they're not, like, I don't know if, yeah, I I, I think their uh, personal lives match up with, with, um, who they present themselves to be. I don't think there's a... I don't think there's a mismatch. Um, I don't think that these are like necessarily icons of how to live your life or anything like that. <laughs> but but there, you know, at least at least the you know two founding members are kind of just like some some silly some silly skateboard kids who became famous as silly skateboard kids and uh, get to be silly skateboard guys for the rest of their lives. Um, and there's some there's something cool about that because it's like your friends from middle school are famous forever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were kind of an outcast in middle school, uh, which neither of us were, of course. Um, oh, of course not. But but um, but yeah, the interesting thing about this petition to me is that a year later, when California came out with which was not an album I listened to in real time by any means, and yeah, I didn't really yeah. they were very much off my radar at this point. Um, cause neighborhoods, I, I didn't really like neighborhoods that much. Um, I was, a, I was, a, I was pretty, I was pretty attached to almost everything they did up until their first breakup, whether or not, you, you know, again, it, it latched, it all latched onto me, but, but for me, beginning with the end of the state, then going back, I never really, I was never like, this is the best. I was never like, this is the worst, but it was it was latched onto me, and there's also something about Blink-182 for me that, like, the more that, the the more, like, real punks tell me that it's not punk, the more I want to see the beauty in it. Because yeah. I think there's something beautiful about, about the, sort of pointing out the inconsistency of what gets to be cool or good or not. Um, and there's truly some there's truly some peaks in their catalog and there's truly some valleys and there's truly some like songs that are just dick jokes that don't need to be songs. Um, uh, but it's what's interesting about their discography is that it has all those things and they made a lot of money. Um, yeah, which is just the interesting and they continue to. And well, in California, the first album without, um, Tom DeLong made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it was, I think, maybe one of their best selling. It might have made more than Enema of the State. Um, it made a lot of money, 
And I remember, talking about memory, I remember when I started working at a university and I'm walking around and there's all these kids in like these very, it was more like an Alkaline Trio aesthetic shirt. It was like an emo looking shirt. It's at Blake Lady 2. And I was like, what is, is that a, are they a band still? Because they had been a while since I yeah, I had yeah. really tuned in. But so, um, which is just to say, you know, it doesn't need to become a whole Blink-182 podcast. Uh, real quick, before we move on, which petition, which petition would you sign? Stop putting Dave Grohl in rock documentaries. Please change your awful hold music. Um, <laughs> convince the mighty, mighty boss tones that every time I die, I play one last show together. Or remove any remaining members of Blink-182 from Blink-182. I have to go with, um, hold on, what was the first one? Um, <laughs> stop putting... Yeah, um, I have to go with Henry that Rollins, I mean Dave Grohl, in yeah. rock documentaries. <laughs> I have to go with that one. Um, I, know we okay. need to, I know we need to move on, but Blink-182, like, just a few things. And I'm not. Well, we're gonna I, I, we're gonna move on to Blink One Eight. Oh, okay, good. All right, good. we're gonna we're we're just we're just closing this casket. Okay. And then we're gonna go move move forward with the uh, um one more time Blink related to excellent opus. Okay. Um, and on the Magnum longest podcast opus. in the world. Uh, 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 uh. Um, uh, uh, I think I would probably go with remove any remaining members of Blink-182 from Blink-182 just because I think it's so funny um, and bad and um, and I would like to, to see the re- I, I really would have liked to see what would have what the response would have been if um, they had gotten official request yes if they had gotten like 3,000 signatures to clarify I think the tones of what we would each endorse you were like oh i want to see some further silliness <laughs> and and i didn't say this directly but part of why i was like yeah stop playing dave Grohl in music documentaries is you know you end up feeling like you sort of know some celebrities because you see them so much and maybe that's a testament to why you shouldn't be in any more fucking documentaries but um I also get the sense that he would find that funny. Sure. And be like, yeah, they got a point. I'm going to go make my millions elsewhere. Like just, I mean, that dude prints money. Like, yeah. If, if you have a, well, he's in the documentaries not to make himself money. I know. He's in the documentaries. That's the funny thing about that petition is he's in the documentaries because people want Dave Grohl in the documentary because people will come like, watch Dave Grohl talk about this album no one's heard of before, you know. I know he doesn't directly get money from the documentaries, but, like... Well, no, he gets paid, but I'm just saying he's 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 not doing it because that's how he's making most of his No, money. no, he's, he's... He's doing that because people are asking him to. Yeah, and... Because they, they want the push. Yeah, and, and it, it helps everybody. Leave Dave alone! <laughs> Dude, to be fair... Leave Henry Rollins alone. I will not leave Henry Rollins alone. <laughs> I I don't think... I think Dave Grohl and I would get along fine. I think Henry Rollins and I, I would have a hard time being like, man, you used to stand for something. Like, just... What are you doing? VH1. What? Like, why did you... But 
I digress. Henry Rollins, come on the podcast. Debate time with Clay Shields, Henry Rollins, the two heavyweights. The two heavyweights of punk rock debate. This song ruined my life. Next episode. Dude, how? We're, do, we're doing it. I want to know how old he is now. You're not having a fist fight. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't care about his age. If we were having a fist fight, he could still kick my ass. Have you seen those arms and that neck? Yeah, he's a strong man. He's 62 years old. He could still kick my ass. You should probably end this feud. I know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to sort to sort of play our way out. So we're talking about just the song. You have you haven't even listened to the album. No, right? I haven't heard even a single track other than the title. That that's good. Um, I did listen to it like 43 times, but there's no there's no really no need to. Um, this is really the only song you need to listen to. Um, from the album, unless you have a problem that makes you listen to um, the album 58 times in a row. Um, it increases every minute uh, <laughs> because it's just playing in my ear right now. Because um, uh, that is a thing that will, will happen with me, and then I will just not listen to the album ever again. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, but, uh, but I think on the album in general, there is a... I think it's, it's something that's already a topic on this podcast is authenticity, authenticity, and what is it? Is it real? Does it matter? Should it matter? Um, so I don't know if that's the right word, but um, it's definitely like, like I said, neighborhoods didn't really feel like neighborhoods felt like this band. Need, neighborhoods did feel like this band, being like we we're not making money. We need to make money. Mm. Um, and we need to write songs again. Cash this grab. album, this album does, whether or not you think it's good, it does feel like three friends messing around making music. Yeah. Um, and so that brings us to the single one more time, which I have listened to 2034 times. Um, and, and, and the video is particularly interesting. Um, and and that is the single. There's almost no drums in it. It's kind of a. It's pretty simple guitar part. Very simple bass part. Um, very lyrics focused. You know, if you know Blink One Eighty Two, they usually have a bunch of, kind of frantic, hectic, thrown together pop punk songs, and then they'll have like one or two like really beautiful. Almost Ballad. like ballads, yeah. Yeah. So this sort of is more like this is like the Adam song of the album. Yeah. Um, if 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 that reference hits for people, <laughs> and you know, yeah. um, certainly Blink One Eighty Two is much more popular than than um <laughs> to, to have a love I have or whatever we talked about earlier. I already forget the name because that's confusing <laughs> branding, dude. Um, but um, one more time, we're talking about the song one more time. And the video, and like take it I, away, Clay. I, man, that I'm going to try and put an accurate number on it because I could play the play the fun, you know, like oh, I've listened to it hundreds of times. Like I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I have listened to that song at least fifty times since it came out. And that may not sound like a lot when, you know, someone has listened to it 2,038 times or whatever 
that you said. But that... All right, let me... Here's as good a place as any to start of how I feel about that song. I personally don't think it's that good of a song. And there are a lot of metrics to determine something like that, whether a song is good. But um, one of... One of the reasons I say that is, and I guess this is how it is with people who really love a band or really hate a band, it tends to be the thing that the people who really love it, love it, that's the exact thing that the people that hate it, hate it. And, right. And, like, just as an example of a very classic Blink-182 move, um... I think it's Tom DeLonge and might be Mark Hoppus. And they may even do like a, a melody together or something at some point. But um, th- when they when they sing one more time, but they go one more time, one more time, like just that is so classically. I mean, it's classically pop punk, but it's specifically And I know it was intentional. Like, I know that song was kind of meant to acknowledge everything that they've done together. Um, Because ultimately that song is... And that lyric of... um, And I get stuck in my head. So, like, I've, I've listened to it by choice at least 50 times. And I have had it stuck in my head since I heard it for, I'm going to guess, at least 100 hours. Like, just spread out through that time, I have had that song stuck in my head at some point. And that lyric of... Um, God, what is it? I don't want to have to die to hear you say I miss you or I love you or something yeah. like that. And... Like I said, I just... I don't think it's a great song... But for Blink-182, it is, and that sounds so, like, underhanded, and I don't know, like, I I want to give them their due. Also, we're running out of time, so maybe I should call you one more time. One more time. One more time. (laughs) So what, when I say that it's not even a good song, I mean that in the extremely pretentious realm of like song judgment. And, and one of the things you said earlier that I think is part of why I like think of it that way. Um, you said something like, uh, Oh, hold on. Give me just a second. Um, Oh, that, that every time you heard some punk person talk shit about them, you just wanted to find more in it. And, And I do feel that way about Blink-182, and I'm I'm not trying to be too much of a jerk, but, like, I do not return to Sum 41. I do not return to, like, just, there are all these pop-punk bands that, like, did not stand the test of time. Yeah. And there's something about Blink-182, and I think part of it is, is this... And you know what? This kind of connects back to we never I never said any, said much of anything about um, for those I love being queer or not. Um, One more time is without question a song about brotherly love and 
you know, it's that has all these connotations and stuff, but certainly one of them is you've been through so much and you've had fallings out and all of this stuff, but I think very much what they're trying to say with that song and that record is we have been through all these things, but at the, at the end of the day, we're still brothers or whatever. And like, there's something, yes, it's trite. Yes, it's cliche, but there is something deeply human about having gone through something tough and you're all still there on the other side. And you don't ever have to explain what that experience was like because they were there too. And that's something that yeah. I, and this, this song is also a song about like grief and also like almost grief. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, I, f- I feel like they're a bad band that writes really good songs. Um, and well sometimes, thought. and sometimes less. And that's what I've always found to be fascinating about them is like, I think they have written some of the best songs ever written. Um, yeah. And I don't understand how, but there's just something about the specificity to, to the writer. Um, particularly songs like this, where it's like, both the singers writing the song where it's like they're both writing about maybe the same thing, maybe not the same thing. In this case, absolutely the same thing. They're both writing about the same thing. Somehow it works really well as a song. Um, it, you know, uh, can, can they, pl- and I relate to this, can, can they play the song better than anyone? No, probably it's probably a cover of the song might sound more, like a good song or whatever but like so it's sloppy it's whatever but i think it's a really good and they always talk about how you know travis being a very proficient musician as a drummer meanwhile skyrocketed them because then their then their then their music was a little more interesting than than just sort of like as they call it, like nursery rhyme punk, which is, you know, kind of what it is, is nursery rhyme punk. But there's something about the, how it, how it is, how, how, how their feelings are honestly represented in this song that I think transcends, you know, it really, like, I I find myself listening to this song. I have found myself, well, one reason I was like, yes, we, we should talk about the song is I have found myself communing with dan as i do over this song and crying for dan over this song even though as you mentioned this song is not about death this song is actually about i think in in a way that kind of makes me angry at blink lady too how how much (laughs) they avoided true grief avoid avoided losing each other even though you know Travis Barker is in the plane, which I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful when yeah. anyone survives. Of course. But Travis, of course. Travis Barker survived a plane crash. <laughs> um, Mark Hoppus survived cancer. That's, mm-hmm. Those are incredible stories. And there's this song, and the song is mostly like, maybe we should stop fucking up and we should be friends and not let petty stuff get in the way. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what was or wasn't the petty stuff, but like, um, so I can't speak to whether or not that's a good idea or not, but it seems like it's going well for them. And also it's not a podcast really about figuring it out. But um, 
there is, but there is a, so it, it, it is very interesting to, I'm sure they've also experienced loss. Oh, sure. But, but yeah. for this song, that's not actually about loss to feel more than any other song for me at this moment to be like, I'm going to listen to this song and, and like, and I'm coming up with a number that is facetious because I don't, I don't keep track of the number, but I will tell you, like, ask my partner. I have a Bluetooth speaker. I walk around. My headphones are broken right now or lost. Or they're lost. I don't know why I said that. Like, I didn't know they were lost. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for a new pair. But so I have a Bluetooth speaker that can attach to my belt. And I can't really do things without music sometimes. And so yeah. I will sometimes, usually it's just in my ears, listen, listening to the same song over and over and over and over and over again. And lately it's been this song and, and I will listen to it like 23 times in one morning while I'm getting ready. But lately it's been not, not like in my ears. It's been on a speaker on my bell, um, listening to this song. And <laughs> my, my partner was like, what's that weird nineties emo you've been listening to? I'm like, Oh, that's not nineties emo. <laughs> oh, that's right now emo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's this bad song by Blink-182 that I'm listening to over and over for the rest of my life um, because this is just all I'm doing now and but there's something there's something about the the so I don't know if it's good I don't know if it's bad but there it it is something specific and something I think to be acknowledged when a song can grip grip you that hard and for me like and obviously it means something heavy to them but what it means to me is it's like 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 around Samhain, around Trans Day of Remembrance. This song that, like, again, is not a queer song. And one of the things that um, I think keeps it from being totally cliche for me is um, if you've experienced loss enough, and you don't even have to have experienced very much at all to have had this experience, but, like, the I wish I had told them how much they meant to me cliche. Mm-hmm. And that's that's another thing that I think is say what you will about Blink Money too, like whether you appreciate their music or not. Um and I'm just gonna go ahead and connect this back to both the main song we talked about and your album to Ear- too earnest to enjoy. Like it's available on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, that's available. Um but like it they are doing things that a lot of people will be like, this is kitsch, this is cliche, this is surface level or whatever, but they do it anyway. And I, I say this to my students and stuff a lot, like, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And, and like, I, t- I tell that to people about like writing and whatnot, like, people will start talking about a movie and be like, oh, I don't want to spoil any, anything. And for the mass, vast majority of the time, I'll be like, go ahead and tell me. Like, I really don't care. It's, yeah, how, the it's how the story is told. Yeah. Like, like the facts of the story, they're important, obviously, and there are certain things that I definitely want to have, like, be a surprise. But, like, it's it's how they're doing the thing that they're, they're doing that is so fascinating to me 
Like, how are they how are they making us care like this? And I know part of it is the freight that I have been listening to in some degree or another. I've been listening to this band for coming up on 24 years or something like or let's just let's just say 23. No one likes you when you're 23. Like, that's how long I've been listening to this fucking band. Right. And so, like, I know there's that freight. But I still think. There there's something about how they're doing the thing that they're doing that does elevate it. And I don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. And there's not. And yeah, I I know I I I find it readable as a queer song in the same way that like. I mean, the the example I'm thinking of is Nightmare on Elm Street 2 which is a little different because like the main actor was going through some stuff with queerness, but mm. at the time that wasn't really known, they were closeted. I don't know if you've ever seen that document, very good documentary on that. I'm forgetting the name, but, um, but Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is like the gayest horror movie of all time. <laughs> it's, uh, but, but supposedly the like writer and director weren't thinking about that at all. Mm. and are straight men um but it like became like like the 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 actor in that film is regarded as like the first male scream queen um, oh and there's a lot of genders doing a lot of dancing in that sentence so um take that for what it is but um but just the idea of there are a lot of you know there are a lot of things like the that summer camp movie with the where like the sleepaway twist camp, is, yeah, yeah, sleepaway camp with the big twist. Um, oh, <laughs> didn't that see that. That she's, that she's a trans woman. Yeah. Um, um, but actually, it's a prosthetic anyway. Um, but like, well, the but 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 the idea that like a a movie like these aren't move those aren't movies that are like. you know that's kind of the equivalent of not a joke but you know a lot of people say horror and comedy are are similar styles of like of of art right and so and and some people are good at both um and like the the subject matter is kind of like like oh isn't this so bad or so gross it's being like oh queerness queerness isn't queerness scary or it like isn't isn't uh gay funny or whatever but then there's something in it because of the way that subject matter is being handled and because you let that subject matter in um and because there's this context of like the people you're singing about missing and being really sad are like um dudes that you like run around in music videos playing slap ass with um because of that and because of that context it becomes legible as queer even mm. if it very likely isn't queer for the creator. And I think for me, this song, because of all those memories and because it is sort of like, again, like potentially this like no homo embracing brotherly love or whatever, for me, I immediately apply my chosen family, which is very queer. And so it becomes, yeah. it becomes queered, but like it's just an interesting soup of like like this isn't queer but is it and and it feels very queer to 
to me when I'm like crying to it, singing it 30 times in a row to to my dead cousin who's in the car with me. Yeah. And so th- that that is th- th- that is where for me it's like this is really dumb. It's also really good. The, there are some there are some lyrics on this album that are just sort of like what happened? You know, you at least used to rhyme, you know, like it's just sort of like <laughs> this is just you're saying some stuff and it's fine. But this song I do feel like is a, a really it's really straightforward, but it's it's really a song. It really like it just sort of it's ABC. Yeah. Um Travis Barker sings at the end. I don't know if you know this. Yes. Isn't it? Um, it's like the first song that he's first, sung first on song for them and forever. And he's written lyrics for them, but he hasn't sung. Mm. Um, and so, and he just, he just says one more time. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, uh, uh, I think twice. That's um, kind of a loophole. But, but in the, in the video, whoosh, it like zooms in on him. Yeah. And so on the video, you really know it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, and you can tell it's him because it's not very annoying. <laughs> it, does, it, doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like a, it doesn't sound like a dying cat or like an over enthusiastic teenager, mm-hmm. um, which are the other two singers uh, who made a lot of money sounding like that. So I'm, you know, they, they're right. Them. I'm wrong yeah. um, because money dictates correctness. True value. Yeah. Yeah. Money dictates true value. So so that is art. Um, and, and who am I to say, uh, and also it's stuck in the head, in my head for the rest of the life, but there is this thing about there's this nostalgia pulling you in, but also it definitely did, you know, they've definitely, none of the Matt Skiba stuff did that for me. None yeah. of the neighborhood stuff did that for me. Nothing, nothing since where are you? That album, um, really hit me. And so there is, there is this weird it's like the 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 fact that they're letting in their not queer but certainly not traditional not openly queer but certainly not traditional masculine friendship the fact that that is the core of the album and the song makes it worth listening to for me whether it's bad or good i can um, i completely agree and and one of this is something that I, I meant to bring up earlier, and I think we kind of danced around it and touched on it and stuff, but um, part of why I, whether this was the intention or not, part of why you can read the For Those I Love project um, as queer is it depicts a kind of love that culture at large doesn't really have a firm concept or term for or anything and that is the love that is and there are you know all love is complicated obviously that's the ooh, that's the real wisdom of the podcast but like you know every relationship is different and and one of the things that i have been i've just been calling it uh platonically in love and even that i don't really love as a term because it you know, I, I, 
we as humans need to categorize things, but at the same time, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with kind of distinguishing in a hard line sort of way between romantic love and platonic love. And, and I have been saying to a few of my friends for a while now, like, I'll refer to another really close friend of mine and say, like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm platonically in love with them. And I think we should kind of normalize that relationship. Like, because oftentimes, those sort of deep, whether it's brotherhood, whether it is discovering your queerness with a person beside you as someone who is also discovering it at the same time, and, you know, like, all these these really, really close relationships that are not primarily romantic, um... And I think that's maybe a more useful way of what I'm trying to capture of like, it's not primarily romantic. Um, it is, it is a deep love. And that's, that's why the Ford Lo for those I love project works so well for me. That's why one more time works so well for me is like, these are these people who are trying to capture the just, the inarticulable connection that you can form with a person regardless of whether you want to smooch him or not. Like just, yeah, it, it's, it's expanding concepts of love. And like, we, we have the, everyone sort of has these concepts, but it's not depicted enough or something. Yeah. And like that's, I, it, I'm in yeah, love with you, it, buddy. I'm in love with you too. Oh, and, we, and, and, and we, and to, it's recorded. To, to me, they've never been separate, right? Yeah, to me, yeah. And to me, I mean, that's like, that's how I knew I was gay or whatever. Like, 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 I just always knew it was, it was like a secret that I felt like I had to lock up because there was this real, like, being coded masculine, there's this real, like, danger to that, especially in Texas, e yeah. e even in Kentucky, right? Um, Kentucky's slightly different than Texas, but it uh, uh, didn't didn't always feel great, right? Um, and uh, just overall in the world, hasn't always felt great, right? So there there can be this thing of like, you you have to you ha you have to, what is wrong with me? I have to lock this up. What is wrong with me that like my life my entire life goal isn't uh, to put a ring on it, and then ultimately yeah. discovering that. While physical relationships can be can be good, that and, and interesting that they are uh, that I you know eventually find making a decision that to basically never make decisions based on physical attraction, <laughs> um, yeah, and and, good. and 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 let and let let love and being in love and let that sort of compelling. I mean, especially during the pandemic for me, when it was like I'm going to be in this room for the rest of my life. Uh, the same room I'm in now uh, that just sort of floats in a void uh, and I'm going to be in this void for the rest of my life. Who do I want to talk to? And the people that come up and you're one of them. And basically, I mean, that's kind of what this podcast is for me is like, I'm going to call the people uh, that I just talked to from my void because this is what I, you know, I used to think that what I wanted to do was go out in the world and meet new people and this and that and go to every town and and meet all the weirdos and there's still 
I still find that interesting. But once, but when I was forced to be by myself, it was like, uh, I, uh, I probably know enough. I probably, I already love so many people. What am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was yeah. like, um, and I love these other connections I made and it, nothing is clear cut because again, I'm referring to that, but like some of the people that I will ask to be on the show who I feel like I have, you know, I'm in love with to some degree, even though the, sometimes that's complicated because you don't know them that well, but you do feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. But the people I want to talk to on the show are people that like, I do feel a really strong connection with. And some of those people I wouldn't know if I hadn't just wandered into some random bar and played some random songs to some random people. So it is sort of that that's not a finite list. It's always growing, but it's still like, um, or uh, if you could orient your life where you're focusing on what makes you feel in love, be that what you're, you know, what you're doing when the, for your wage job you have to have or, um, uh, or, or who you're hanging out with on a Friday night. Uh, we're doing this on a Friday night. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, that I think becomes, really important and then and yeah so to go back to the song it's 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 a kind of a, it's 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 sort of silly but it's beautiful in its silliness and it's like w- worth worth one's time just for that if if you like even if you don't like it if if you know try try to feel that way try to make decisions that make you feel like like singing this song and and that one more one more conversation you know to go back to the story of you know i don't know how many days before it was or whatever but like like you don't always get one more time and some people are incredibly lucky and they get time and time again and they get to fuck it up a lot um i know you in particular clay have have had a rough hand where you you've had a lot of you didn't get it one more time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, that's that, you know, this isn't where you have to go and all that, but I do think that there's a, there's, there's a reason why people who have gone through a lot of loss might hear something like this and resonate with it, even though there's some irony of like, well, this is about not, not loss. This is about almost loss. Um, but, but there, but then it creates a fantasy in your brain. Exactly, of, I think fantasy is a good word. Um, because, like, I, we don't have to get into like uh, religion or afterlife spirituality stuff right now for me. But like, I, I simultaneously don't believe in the afterlife, but I talk to my dad, and part of it is my writing process. That's that's part of how I write about this, these people is I, like, think really hard and try to imagine what they would say about what I'm writing or, like, what they would want me, how they would want to be depicted, what they would want to be recorded as far as, like, things they said and, like, you know, all that. I think it's funny that, well, it's not funny, um, but whatever it is, you and I really connected to this For Those I Love project and this Blink-182 project for essentially the same fucking reasons. Right. And these are aesthetically extremely different bands, 
and they're doing things very differently and like but like like you wanted to talk to me about the for those i love project and it was only me and maybe a couple other people or whatever and i felt the same way about the video for one more time it was like this feels really important mm -hmm. but i don't know who to send it to that will actually understand why it's important right which is a weird place to be with a your relationship with a piece of art because i mean you and i both love supporting great art and it's in a it's a strange scenario to know that something is good but to also simultaneously know that most people won't get it on the level you do and as soon as you have that thought you hear how pretentious you're thinking about it that's like oh well i get it most people won't but i do and but that is kind of that's sort of part of the experience yeah yeah i think that's a beautiful point and a great note to end on um and clay i know i know you'll be launching your uh change.org petition to convince i have a love and blink too to play one last show together <laughs> uh, but other than that um anything you want to plug uh, on our way out i don't have any big projects coming up yet i'm working on multiple writing projects i do have is some published stuff i i have a i have a few things that i'm waiting to hear back on but i have a poem okay. that is um that will be coming out relatively soon it's uh it's a arts journal called the perch and they're associated with the yale medical school and specifically the department that like studies um addiction and like rehabilitation and stuff um so i have a poem coming out it's my first poem i've published in over 10 years i think because yeah. i just wasn't writing poems for a long time um but it's got a really long title shout out to my friend yusuf who got me into writing poems with really long titles um it's called contrapuntal in room 317 at the best western off route 23 and for those who don't know what a contrapuntal is, it's basically three poems. There's one side that's a poem. There's another side that's a poem. And then you can also read them straight across and combine them. So it's a third poem. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, it's based on a true story of my friend Travis. And the, the first time that I just straight up said no and like kind of, it was the beginning of my turn away from hard drugs mm -hmm. um, because I used to do a lot of hard drugs. Um, but that night I was in a hotel hotel room with my friend Travis and we had just gone to the funeral of another friend from a drug related suicide. And he asked me to split an oxy and I told him no. And but then I still hung out with him. I was mad at him. But, like, I loved him so much, I still stayed, even though he was fucking high and I was pissed. Um, but that that gives 
a little bit of a nutshell capsule of like the project I'm working on, which is a collection of poems about grief and loss, mostly the opioid crisis. The working title is uh, Stick With Me. So look look out for that. Google Clay Shields poetry. There's some stuff in the past as well, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've I've always enjoyed everything you've written. So I know that p- past relics can feel weird, but there's some good stuff out there on the internet. Folks want to find it, and yeah, definitely look out for that new piece. I'll be ex- definitely send it to me. I absolutely it. will. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there'll be um. There'll be some links in this podcast as well. Uh, some of those links will be about things you talked about, uh, but also refer refer to those links and also um, to uh, the 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 messages in the breaks of this podcast um, for some information of uh, organizations you can contribute to to help um, those trying to survive in Gaza right now. Uh, so please support that if you have the means. Um, or just there's some accounts you can give a follow and it's uh, good to stay informed. Uh, it, um, and that's a free thing to do and uh, uh, witness uh, uh, when you can. Um, uh, yeah, and so with that being said, uh, we'll move on from the podcast. I think um, it will uh, certainly be uh, the longest episode of this podcast oh ever. God. No, it's great. It's a bonus. It's a super deluxe episode. <laughs> It's a two-in-one episode. I'm, uh, I'm really uh, glad you had this conversation with me, Clay. Um, and Same, you have a love, and it will never fade. <laughs> I don't even have a retort for that. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, it will never fade. Hey, and thanks for listening to the longest episode I've ever recorded of This Song Ruined My Life. If you made it all the way to this episode, you can email burn, B-Y-R-N-E, dot Y-R dot B-R-I-D-G-E-S. That's burnyourbridges at gmail.com. And uh, tell me uh, your favorite type of calico cat. And if you tell me your favorite type of calico cat, then I will reply to the email uh, with some sort of uh, prize, I guess, because that's a podcast like the giveaway stuff. And so you can get some stuff if you email me about a Calico Cat. Okay, like and subscribe. Podcasts are uh, uh, whatever. We can, we can, this is going to be hell to edit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's going to be fine. I'm just going to have to, um, I'm going to have to get into a mindset. I'm going to have to meditate. <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, three, two, one. Uh-huh.